The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Orange Zone, sponsored by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's the Orange Zone podcast presented by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. A reminder, you can find every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find every episode on our CMY Central YouTube page. If you are watching, hello from the Skycam. What's up? Peace. New episodes are released every week, and we invite you to like, subscribe, and comment for more Orange Zone content. Joining me, as always, Samantha Croston. Lawrence Moten, and we got Brendan Hodges on the producer mic. My name is Tommy Sladak, and we have a hurting, 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 hurting SU men's basketball team that is at a point that I don't know if this fan base has ever felt. It's very interesting. Now, we do want to start with just a quick look ahead and get people right into it because we know what time of the week we're doing this, and that is the season finale, regular season finale of this team, Wake Forest at home in the JMA Wireless Dome, which I don't know if you guys have driven by at all. They have the M and the A up on the side, so they're about to put those really big letters of JMA uh-huh. up I on top. Them. They just have the M and the A, so it's just mm-hmm. the Ma Dome right now, which I'm cooling <laughs> with. I don't think that's that bad. The Ma Dome. The Ma Dome. And so we're, we'll see if the Jays are ready for Saturday. But uh, just a little background about Wake to get you guys started, and then we'll get into that Georgia Tech game and, and obviously hear both of your thoughts on what's been a very talked about and discussed week with this SU team. Wake is coming in. I have, I have two, two sides of the story for you both here. They have lost seven of their last 11 Three of their four wins in these last 11 games have been to the bottom of the ACC. So on paper, this last stretch here has not been good for them. And they are right there neck and neck with Syracuse at that 9 and 10 mark, middle of the conference. Are they going to have to play on Tuesday next week in the ACC tournament? We'll see. But matchup-wise, more than maybe any other in the ACC so far, they're a nightmare for this team. Why do I say that? Because they lead the league in three-pointers made at 9.5 per game. Second in the league in percentage. They have the third-best scoring offense, but the third-worst scoring with allowing points. Now, leading the conference in points per game is Tyree Appleby by nearly a whole point. Mm. This man is totally a conference player of the year candidate, leads the league in assists as well as field goal percentage. He's a senior guard. And then in terms of those three-pointers, obviously Tyree can hit him, but you also have Damari Monsanto with 3.2 per game. That leads the ACC as well. And why that is so important is because three-pointers have just been demolishing this team. And we saw it the other night with Georgia Tech, the Yellow Jackets, a team that was struggling for so much of the season, drop 18 in SU's own house. You guys were both watching that. You're shaking your heads. Who wants to start? Who's got it fresh? All right. All right, Moten. Listen. When I hear the word threes at this point, a chill runs down my spine. That's where I'm at. I I feel scared when I hear the stats that -hmm. you just read off. Because this is something that I noticed. 
I actually think offensively, buried in some of these mistakes, this team actually shows some potential on a game-to-game basis. I would agree The with that. problem is the defense. The problem is the fact that Georgia Tech was a sneeze away from 100 points in this venue. Mm. And putting up cold eight numbers. Oh. Mm. Mm. And that, that is what scares me the most. I don't know at this point, even if adjustments – even if adjustments can be made, how much of a difference is it going to make in the next game or in the ACC tournament? I understand why the fan base feels frustrated because it seems like there's not enough time left to fix it to the point where anybody happened to notice that Syracuse went man to man for a couple minutes there? I did. Picked up did. on it, yes. I did. I did. The sirens were going off on yeah. social media. Yeah. yeah, and it's called too little too late, Sam. Mm. You know, they uh, – they, they tried it, but, you know, when you're down 20, you know, and go back into a man-to-man and now you got to fight your way back, it, it's very difficult to do. But like you said, I'm looking at these stats, and, and for the last four games, these guys have been draining threes, and it was back to what I talked about last week as far as rotating. Mm-hmm. You know, the energy level hasn't been there, you know, and, and they're just not playing as tough as a Syracuse team that I'm used to seeing. And... I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's just motivating. I don't know what it is, but um, we have to change that, and we have to change that soon and fast and in a hurry. And uh, we have this tournament coming up after this game Saturday against Wake Forest, which should be a win. You know, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but hopefully um, they're retiring G-Max jersey. Mm -hmm. They're retiring uh, Akeem's jersey. You know, we're having a nice dinner tomorrow. A lot of the guys are supposed to show up. So hopefully, you know, it could give them just a tad bit of motivation to, to just want to end the last home game of this year with a win. So hopefully we can do that and then try to move forward for this tournament because you know and I know when tournament time comes, anything goes. Yeah, I mean, they, they, need, they need this win going in. And for it to go down like it's been the last four games, for it to happen again, if a lot of their 90 points happens, especially on a day that's that's uh, so meaningful with, with, with GMAC and, and Hakeem, uh, it would hurt to see. That's for sure. No, I mean, it, it definitely would. And I agree, you know, the one thing that makes me feel hopeful is that the NCAA tournament with the idea of anything goes, I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. You could be having four or five bad games and it really doesn't matter come yeah, tournament time. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes it exciting. Mm-hmm. I also think, you know, of course, one of the big talking points has been this 2-3 zone. What do we do with it? I know some people want to get rid of it. It's hard for me to decide what the right thing to do would be because, first of all, as you said, I don't think we've seen the full this team give man-to-man the full chance. Mm-hmm. It's really not fair to just go into man-to-man already down 20 right. and expect for this to look like it's most solid and clean form. Right. But that being said, I also think that that defense that we saw in Georgia Tech, I think that that especially those five starters could play a better version of the 2-3 zone than the version that we saw on that day. Mm-hmm. You know, what you said about slides and about yeah. you know the technicality of it, but also, like, where was the heart? That, that was really, I think, what I hadn't seen yet and why maybe fans felt a little disappointed is because it did. It, the, the dome seems a little empty. The, the air seemed like it lacked energy. And that's a hard thing to work your way out of from a mentality standpoint. Can I push back on that a little bit? Go ahead. And not to say that I, I disagree with you, 
But I didn't I didn't watch that game and thought to myself, these guys these these guys that mailed it in, they've called it like the hustle isn't there. It felt like the hustle was there, but as if the hustle was being misdirected and misguided into places where it ended up getting them into trouble, right? Like that that what hustle that I mean that in a in a sense of like a, a good example of that would be I remember there being one play where you know Judah was very aggressive kind of there in the in the backcourt and and looking for that steal, but it was as if the guys behind him that that wasn't communicated right and so as soon as he pinched up and you know got in the face of the guard right there in the corner either the three or the four came up and he was wide open from three right there so that's where i mean where it's like it's as if the and, and that comes down to coaching that comes down to 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 that that communication from the coach and what it is that they're supposed to be doing so i i guess i can say that the the heart was there but it it did feel like in that second half where you saw it on their faces on the bench or in the game where they're like, you're right. It's, it's, this is real. Yeah. And we're a part of this. And it's, I'm sure, a terrible feeling for them. Yeah. You know what? I can meet you in the middle to say this. I don't think Judah Mintz ever gives up. Mm-hmm. Really? No. I really no. don't. Yeah. E- even in the, I, I think just as a solo individual player, I think he knows he has things to prove. I think he also is looking out for his individual draft stock and his future, and he knows how bright of a future he has and what a great player he is. I just don't know that I could say the same thing about the team as a collective. It felt like there was a cloud over the collective unit, in my opinion. Yeah, well, you know, um, both of you guys are you know, on the right track. But at the end of the day, it's all about uh, five guys playing well. You know, you can't have two guys doing their thing and playing hard and, uh, yeah. and three guys that are not. So, like you said, Judah's been doing tremendously all year. You see his guts. You see his, you know, his, his, his moxie and everything. Uh, and Jesse's playing hard at times. But then there's times where those guys get lackadaisical. But it takes five guys at that right. same time. <laughs> to do well, especially in a zone. Do you think so? That's more exactly so in the zone compared to the man? Yeah. Especially, no doubt. In a, especially in a zone. When you're playing a zone, you can't have two guys at the top giving their all, giving 100%, and three guys in the, in the bottom that are, that are playing with suave and just, yeah. just lackadaisical, you know. So uh, in the zone, it's more of a team aspect. Man to man, you know, you'll get to see who's, who's making a mistake. Right. Because if your man beats you, you're, you're out of it. it was your fault. Yeah, it was your it's fault. It's very obvious. Yeah, you can see yeah, this absolutely. is the person who made the mistake. Absolutely. This is whose fault it was. Absolutely. The zone, that requires more communication. Yeah. Communication, you know, talking to each other, you know, all of that comes into play. Uh, so if one guy's playing well or two guys playing tough and the other three are not, it's going to make the whole all five look bad. Yeah. And and after the game, Jim Beheim really going to a place that we we haven't seen where, and I think it was – we were talking about it before the show. I don't, what else can you say? How, what else can you deflect this on? And instead, he, he, he ended up taking that one on the chin in a, in a way that was such a, a different feeling and a different patience and attitude than we saw one month ago with, well, with all the issues with the student, with the student reporters and, uh, and, and Jim B. Now, my question for you guys, and I guess we'll wait and find out, because of Wake's resume and because of them being this, quite literally, the, the, the highest percentage three-point shooting team in the conference, whereas, you know, you bring up those numbers where I know in the past weeks we're like, well, this team doesn't shoot the three that well. It doesn't matter against the Syracuse zone. Yeah, Everyone yeah. looks like they're shooting mm-hmm. the three well. Yeah, Do you guys envision them to even at, and maybe 
coming out and playing man-to-man zone to start, do you think that's a crazy thought? What do you have to lose? Mm. Why not? Mm. You know, um, I, I don't see him doing it, but I'm, I'm the type of player. <laughs> that's, what was, that's what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm the type of guy, you know, I, I will give it a shot. You know, a little, little full-court press, mm-hmm. little zone, little man-to-man. But uh, I don't think Coach will do it. I think he'll ride this zone thing out. And, you know, it's all about hopefully doing the couple of days they've had to practice, you know, understanding flight of the ball and rotating right and, and getting in positions to get the rebounds, you know, things like that. Because offensive rebounding has been killing us oh, also. They've had second and third chance uh, rebounds to to make us, I mean, just look bad. I mean, I'm all, I'm all about one shot. One shot only. That's the only chance you're going to get. And these guys are getting three and four opportunities. I've watched games where the team has given up so many offensive rebounds. And if you give your team a second and third chance, the opposite team a second and third chance to score, it's not going to be in your favor. So uh, hopefully um, they'll come with a lot of energy, you know, and and understand, you know, throw the three-pointers out. We just need a win. That's all I'm asking for is a win to get back on track to get ready for the ACC tournament. A win no matter how it comes. Look, I'm with you 100%. I agree that that in a way it would be like, why not? And what do you have to lose? Do I think they're going to come out in man-to-man defense? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Ain't Mm -hmm. no way. Maybe first half? No. Or is even that pushing it? Okay. No, probably not. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit, but probably not. And honestly, at this point in the season, I really kind of can understand why. If you noticed, obviously they were down by 20, but – that man-to-man defense really didn't look great either because, as Jim Beheim has been honest about, it's just not something they practice as much. Right. At this point, this deep in the season, I don't know really that there's enough time for an overhaul and a completely different defensive strategy. Like defense, especially zone defenses, and I believe this across any sport, it requires a high level of IQ and understanding and knowledge. So, yes, to throw all that out just because it didn't go well for a few games, I'm not sure that is the right decision, but I think you really need to lock in this week on practice on defense. What has been going wrong? Because at this point, everyone sort of comes into the JMA Dome understanding the game plan is to shoot threes. The game plan is this is what's been working for other people. Yeah. So what are you going to do, whether that's shifting faster, whether that's communicating more, so that that is no longer an option? Absolutely. And it's crazy to hear because um, I'm looking at these stats on the three-point shooting. And, I mean, I'm, I'm backtracking a little bit, you know, my day when I played. And, and every player that I played against or that I knew and they always talked about coming to the Dome and playing, they were petrified. And they always found, it was found it the hardest place to shoot. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it's not now. And that just is kind of like weird to me. So Maybe the yeah. game's moving past. Yeah, what it's was a shooting once, game now. What was it, once the... We have better shooters now. Yeah. There's no question about that from a deeper range. And uh, they just have to tighten up. You know, plain and simple. You know, sometimes, you know, you just have to look in the mirror and, and say, what are we going to do? And, and by any means necessary, let's get a win. Let's get a win. And Brandon Hodges, man, I know you've been waiting patient. You got your Brendan stat for the men. Can you break that down for us? Hit us with it. Yeah, Tom. There we go. So stat for the men, uh, you guys know I've been tracking Jesse and Joe all year. Um, I forgot a little piece of the note here, so I'm going to say I believe it is, and I'm saying this, I believe it is because I forgot this little part on the actual note sheet. Out of the last four games, I want to say Jesse and Joe, minus the Duke game, have scored in double digits, both of them in three of the past four games. And they've had two other guys scoring and with them. So they have broken the trend hmm. 
in a bad way. I would... Here's the thing. I, I still have faith in your trend, and I think it was a very accurate, uh, very accurate preview of kind of what works and what gets these guys these wins. I think instead of breaking it down, I think it's just added a layer to your stat. I, oh, well, because you. with that, have teams you s- shooting over whatever percentage from three is uh, part of that trend. That's playing think? a trend because end of the day, if you're scoring like they did against Pitt, if you're scoring 82 points in college basketball, I feel like you should be winning that game. It's funny you that's a lot that, of points. Tommy. I have a stat for that as well. Hit me with actually. it. Um, so uh, SU has seen teams shoot over 36 threes in seven of their games this year. They're two and five in those games. The most threes they've seen shot against them was Cornell. They went 13 for 48 or something like that. Uh, Notre Dame shot 38, <laughs> and two of the last, like two of their these last four games are in that top seven. Pitt and Georgia Tech, both teams shot 40 plus threes, and both teams won. Illinois and Colgate were the other two that are included in that top seven. I would also add in there, regarding to Jim Beheim coming out in zone, there's no way because, as you know, I'm working on a little something behind the scenes right now, comparing him to a certain NBA coach. Interesting. Who uh, people may describe as being stuck in his ways, and that'll be a little teaser for the fans at home who check out our web coverage. Okay, I like that. Check it out. Brendan does a great job piling up our uh, our website there. I did want to bring something up that I think does tie into the now we're realizing that Joe and Jesse isn't the only thing when they're truly getting no support maybe from that three position. And a part of that, even though I, I really enjoy both of them as players, Justin Taylor has not made a three ball since February 4th against Boston College. Mm. Since then, he is 0 for 8. Only one of those games, which was due to he take two shots, every other game was one shot and out, one shot and out. So you have a guy here that we expected to be a sharpshooter. Chris Bell a little bit of the same way, but the coaches, I think, get so bothered by what they're seeing from him rebounding-wise that they, they, they keep pulling him out. But there's, there's just no production coming from that three spot. And Malik Brown's honestly been a little bit quiet these past few games um, on the scoring side of things. And I just don't think it's enough. I, so to me, when you're talking about key for Saturday, if Joe and Jesse and Jude are the players I think they are, I think they're going to come out pissed off. I mean, really pissed. And you want that. To me, it's going to come down to, are we going to see Chris Bell or Justin Taylor stepping up offensively here? No, I think it's a great point. I mean, especially in this kind of game where you only have five guys on the court at the same time, I feel like it really sticks to the point that Moten was making before about how all five guys need to be contributing. Like, if you don't have a well-balanced offense – you're going to feel it in those situations. I'd love to see a little little more from everybody. Yeah. yeah. Final note before I, Saturday moment. I, I would also, you know, but, you know, back to what we have to say, what we have to understand is um, they're young. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they, they are young players, you know, who sometimes, you know, uh, have to figure it out, you know, and they have spurts. They've had great spurts where we've seen some great things from those two guys, and hopefully in the future um, we'll see some more. But uh, – I just want to win, man. I just want to win. I don't care how we get it. You know, we, we just have to do it this, this, this week, this Saturday at home. And this team has been getting it done in the ACC. They've just been a, – a light is, is lit. The beacons, you know, going around the mountains like Lord of the Rings, like something is lit. There's a fire lit inside this team recently. In recent years, when they get to that ACC tournament and getting a win against Wake, I think would absolutely help ignite that moving forward. Hodges, though, I think it's 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 trivia time, man. What what do you got for us 
I'm I'm excited. I'm I, feeling I, good. I have cashed a check here that I, I'm hoping I can cash this check. I have two questions, both revolving around that word that Sam is chilled by, threes. Um, and this was a direct challenge to you, Moten. So uh, did you all <laughs> know that Syracuse has seen teams shoot 891 three-pointers this season? Wow. That's second most in the nation. Wow. To one team in Division One, which team has seen the most three-pointers shot against them? Oh man, this great, is this, this is an absolute. Question. This is an absolute. What's the expression nice. when, you, when you throw something at the wall? What am I looking for here? A stick. Uh, stick it's a, it's like throwing. It's like throwing something at a wall. It's a good expression. Everything at the wall to see if something sticks. Yeah, just throw it at the wall to yeah. see if it sticks. Yeah. Throwing anything at the wall to yes. see if it sticks. That yes. kind of thing. I think that's You're what just I'm going gonna for guess here. Here, I, it, it is funny that you mentioned that because. At first, as you started talking, Brendan, I thought that I was going to nail it because I did just happen right before the show to look at how many threes have been made against them. I knew it would be I was first looking in the conference. For that. 310. But I, wow. And mm. no one, there's no one even close to that. Maybe by like 80 three-pointers. But 310 is a lot, man. Well, that was Boston College, wow. right? Uh, that's ahead of them? I mean, oh, in terms of making three-pointers, right? Yeah, making three, yeah. Yeah, 310. Um, but just this season on them from other teams all combined. Okay. All right. So we're just talking about attempts. Yes, just attempts. Ooh. And there's no hint this could be across have, any team. I have the conference. Is it an ACC team? No. They are in the Southern Conference for basketball. Got it. Okay. Brendan's like, everyone keeps discussing because I'm not seeing the right answer anywhere. <laughs> all right. So we got VMI, which is um, something military institute. Virginia military. Virginia military institute. institute. Yeah. We got the Citadel. Fun fact, my alma mater's water polo team played them every year that I was there. That which is, a fun which fact. is wild that collegiate water polo goes like that. It, it's their whole other entity. I don't think it's – there's NCAA and there's CWPA. It's a very weird sort of relationship in that regard. Anyway, we got Mercer. We got Chattanooga. We got ETSU, which I believe is Eastern Tennessee. Yes. Wofford. WCU, which I – Western Carolina? I believe so, yes. By the way, shout out Fletcher McGee. One of the best three-point shooters in all of college basketball history. Walker okay. Terrier. Yeah, yeah, he was. UNC Greenville. I'm guessing. I just see this UNCG. It's probably Greensboro. Samford. And, yeah, it probably is Greensboro. And Furman. Hey, yo. Mercer. I'm not going to lie. South, the Southern Conference has some pretty solid basketball teams. They Mercer, uh, Mercer, I believe, was the beat Duke not too long ago. Yeah, that was like Maybe. 2012? Or was that Lehigh? No, that was Lehigh, because uh, I remember um, that. I was nuts for that. Because Wofford was pretty good CJ for a McCollum. while. Furman's been pretty good for a long time. Yeah, Mercer definitely beat Duke. It was a 215 seed. I remember they were hitting the nay afterwards, so that was probably prime 2014 or 15, <laughs> <laughs> based on the dance each year. <sighs> so okay. I apologize for that little miscommunication. Southern That's okay. Not that That's tough. okay. You're, as I was probably rattling off the names, you're probably like, I something's off that, here. That is exactly what I was thinking. Um all right, I have my guess. Go ahead. Start us off, Sam. Oh, I already went. Mer oh, you, Mercer. Okay, Mercer. You're, you're, locked sailing, in. you're locked in Mercer. You want to lock yours in? Wofford. Moten locks his in. It was Wofford. I'm going to Citadel. Lock it in. I'm surprised you guys didn't pick up on my affinity for VMI. VMI has given up 910 three-point attempts <laughs> on the season, guys. Isn't that wild, though? That's they nine? are in dead last. We should have saw that VMI. coming. But Syracuse VMI. is in the middle. Man, VMI. 
Anyway, that, that's I'm halfway through to cashing my check. Here's question two. Okay. <laughs> Which program holds the NCAA record for most three-pointers made in a single game? Most three-pointers made in a single game. The NCAA record. Can you give us the number? I think that should be a fair a – fair. I cannot because it – I will. 42. 42. In one game? In one game. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and say it's it's not one of the big schools because well, that's, that's just that's just not happening. It does right. It's just not right. happening. We're it's on the same page with what we're talking about here. Knowing Brendan, I wouldn't be surprised if it's also a conference in that or school. In I that got conference. one. I got one. What do you have? Loyola Marymount. That's not correct. Okay. Oh. All right. I I was like. My mouth was like wide you guys open. Like, are, no way. Is he going to do another army? <laughs> you, you, guys are, you guys are asking the wrong questions here. And if you know me well enough, you know where I'm going with this. Like, you know there's some kind of a twist. It either is a big school or it is. I can tell you it is not a big school okay. at all. It's a school 42 that, is so many. I want to know what year this happened in. 2018. That's surprising. Oh, I think I might. I think I actually might have. Go it for now. it. I think it's Matt Matt Langle's Colgate Raiders. That is incorrect. Oh, oh. That's a good one. he's That's a good one. he's the type of that is the type of team that like could set that if they were hot. I have a conference for you. Okay. The conference is the Midwest Conference. Gotcha, guys. What's the school with the the old lady who who comes to there? Loyola Chicago. Yeah. That actually. Fire that. Fire that. I did. Loyola Chicago. That's incorrect. Oh. <laughs> Sister Jean. You, you are still asking. You she are still, still asking the wrong question. And, yes, I believe she's still alive. Oh, yes, my. Oh, yeah, no, they just did a story she, on that. She 108. I saw that. I saw it. How old is yeah, she? Yeah. She's, just, she's past they, 100, right? They just did a national story on her. Yes, Wait, it's did. called the Midwest Conference? Yes. That exists? You're asking the wrong question, Tommy. Oh, wrong conference? No, what? you're – it's – the Midwest Conference, but you're asking the wrong question. Oh, wait a minute. It's not even D1. Is it not D1? Now you're on to something here. Oh. How the heck are we going to get that? Um, Do you surrender, Cobras? Hold on. Midwest <laughs> Conference. Is it is it McAllister College? No, they're in the Mayak now. God, uh, they were in the Midwest. Guy, they, were, they, they were in the Mayak for basketball. Football was in the Midwest Conference. That's why Actually, I know this team. Is it? I played uh, against this school in football. Okay, so it's not the Lincoln Blue Tigers in Missouri, then. No. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Uh, oh my gosh, man! I have, I have no idea. No idea. Yeah, give it to. I was us. thinking we were going to stay D one. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, I exactly. said NCAA record. D one. I, I, so here's the thing: I was looking for the most threes made by a Division one team in a game. I can't find it anywhere. But this team keeps popping up, and I remember this story because I was at McAllister during this time. The Grinnell College Pioneers have the record for most three-pointers well, made in a game, 42. They also have the record for most three-pointers taken in a game, in which they shot no twos. They shot 111 three-pointers in a game. I believe they scored like 164 points, and the team that lost scored 107. Can you imagine scoring 107 points and losing by 50-plus? Yeah, that'd be a tough. Wow. That'd be a tough call. Look well, it up though; it's wild. They've had a guy. Division two. 
Division three. They had a guy score. Oh like, my goodness. I think they have serious? the record score for college basketball, too, in a game. He scored 138 points. They just kept giving him the ball, and he kept jacking up threes, and he made 40% of them. We would have never guessed this, buddy. I, I know. Yeah. That's why I used it as the question. Division three. That's why he serious? asked it. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Man, oh, man. Yeah, I, I – I, and where are they located? Yeah, Gr- some, uh, Grinnell, some, Iowa. Heard this. Um, it's Iowa. a farm town in Iowa. They're okay. big for, like, computer science, I think. Got it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Never forget it. Never forget it. Grinnell College. I, I mean, that's locked in now. You're gonna. So one of us is one of us is gonna be on some like crazy trivia show, and they're gonna be like, "Hey, here's your million dollar question." And thank you to Brendan Hodges, we're actually gonna get it right. And then we have to split the pot. Deal. And Brendan gets five bucks. All right, that's our show. That's the Orange Zone podcast presented by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks for Poetry Sam, Brendan Hodges, and myself. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you're liking, subscribing to all things Orange Zone Podcast. We'll be back next week as we get you ready for ACC tourney time. I don't know if we're going to be playing on Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll find out. We'll be back next week with a win. With a win. With a win. With With a win. win. Peace. Bye.